Today on the podcast, we are continuing our series, We Believe, with special guest, Pastor Rob Young. How's it going, Rob? Oh, it's going great, Keith. Great to be here. Hey, great to have you back on the podcast. And speaking of We Believe, I hear that is the official motto of every Cowboys fan this year. Is that true? Well, I... I, I'm not sure, we, Keith. We've we've been let down so many times. I I I don't know if we believe or not. We just we just hope. We hope. We hope. That's that. I think that's our motto every year. That's right. That's right. Uh, at least you know. Say what you want about Cowboys fans. At least they're consistent, right? Because there's always next year. Yes. Uh, but hey, I don't want to jinx it. But they're they're doing well. They're doing well. So uh, let's get a little hot take before we get into the message. Uh, today. So give me your way too early prediction of uh, how they're going to end the season this year. How the the Cowboys, how they're going to end the season this year. I I think they're going to be a wild card team. I think they are going to um, I'm going to say they're going to get to the NFC Championship game and lose. Oh man! Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully not. But I mean, we'll we'll we're being realistic here. But you never know. There, you never know. If not, there's always next year. So there's always next there's year. Always. Keith. Next year. always. <laughs> hey, well, um, great message this past Sunday talking about the topic of sanctification. Um, just tremendous uh, time together and uh, loving this series. So let's go ahead and jump in and uh, and break that down a little bit. Uh, and we'll start by talking about that word sanctification. Now, Rob, I'm going to be honest with you, that seems like a big theological word. Uh, so for common folk like me, what does sanctification mean in everyday language? Well, I, it, it is one of those big churchy words, and um, I like what Eugene Peterson uh, said. Uh, he called it the the long obedience in the same direction, you know, and that direction is is uh, following Christ. You know, it's um, another way to say that would, you know, would be to follow the example of Christ, to grow in your relationship with Christ, to become more Christ-like, uh, which happens from the moment that, you know, that you, that your faith is enacted when you have giving your life to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, then from that moment until Jesus returns or you take your last breath, that, that space is that um, sanctific- sanctification or sanctifying process of becoming more Christ-like. That makes a lot of sense, and I, I like that you describe it as a process because um, it, it seems like it is, you know, uh, it's growing, uh, which we know doesn't necessarily happen overnight. But as you describe that, it reminds me a lot of our definition of a disciple, right? A growing follower of Jesus who lives and loves like Jesus and leads others to follow him. Is that kind of in the same vein? Exactly. And that, and as you, you know, were kind of alluding there, you know, the, the growing process, you know, even if you just think of a child, you know, sometimes they'll have spurts. You know, and then sometimes it, it kind of levels off. I think you know, in our in our journey uh, with Christ, you know, we have those seasons. It seems like in my life, I'm you know, at sixty, 
I look back, uh, you know, having uh, been a Christian for over 40 years, I, I look back and there's been those seasons where I feel like I, I was taking some significant ground, really uh, growing in my understanding of, 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 of God's Word and, and the disciplines um, and growing in my relationship with Christ, becoming, um, you know, stronger in my faith. And then those moments where I felt like I was taking steps back, you know, or just or just kind of uh, coasting. And that's, that's the thing that, you know, that we have to, to challenge ourselves with is just, you know, um, because, you know, this, this process, you know, is, it, it, it is a lifelong pursuit, um, but it has to be intentional. Yeah, that's really good. And, and that is, uh, that word intentional is key. And we're going to talk some more about that here in just a little bit. Uh, but during the message, you gave a, a really powerful illustration um, using, you know, two signs. Um, one um, on one side said already, and the other side said not yet. And uh, you did this to kind of illustrate our spiritual journey. Um, so what is the relationship between already and not yet? And how does that relate to the relationship between uh, another big word, justification and sanctification? Well, one of the things that I kind of learned, you know, really in prep- preparation for the message um, was that justification and sanctification really are um, very much, um, they're, they're like twin brothers. I think I, I think I may have even used that, that phraseology when uh, in the message. And, and that is that the term justified or justification is that that moment, again, Phil uses the term, you know, that stepping over that line of faith that, you know, there, because there's a lot of times where, you know, we're growing, we're growing in our understanding of Christ. We, you know, people, we're, we're learning what the gospel means, but there comes that point when, when we, and I used the word earlier, our faith is enacted. That is that we, we, we truly understand what Christ did on the cross for us. We truly understand our condition and our need for that, for what Christ did for us. And, and we receive Christ. We receive the, the gift of salvation, the gospel. And, and from that moment, again, we, that's the, you know, the already, from the already to the not yet, which in the way I was referring to the not yet would be you know, like heaven or, or, or Christ's return, all that space in between, you know, is this pursuit and and this process of, of growing in Christ's likeness. What was interesting, though, that I found was that, because I always just thought my, you know, sanctification alone was just, that, that term just had really had one meaning biblically, and that is, again, it was... Once you were saved, then you grow. What I understood as I got in more into it, and, and I talked about this, is that there's there's positional sanctification and experiential sanctification. That sanctification is very much like justification from a positional standpoint. They're, they're very much similar. That is that in that moment, that transaction, when that exchange takes place, um, and we receive that forgiveness of sin through Christ's death on the cross, and we surrender our lives to Him, we are justified, yes, but we are sanctified in this way. 
we are seen immediately as holy. Um, when genuine faith is enacted. But then that's why Paul said, well, he, you know, then what we, we're talking about Sunday then is how do you, he says, work out your salvation. Well, it's, obviously we don't earn it, but it's, he's saying you have this sanctification, you, you have come to faith, you have been saved, and you are in that moment sanctified positionally, but experientially, that's where you get the, you know, the, the already and the not yet. All that space in between is the, is the experiential side of sanctification. So the way I, I really saw, you know, saw this really in some, in some aspects for the first time, I think mainly because I hadn't thought about it much, but because I always just use the, firm, uh, the term justified, just, you know, justification. But, but justification and sanctification from positionally, that, that moment of transaction is in that faith is enacted. Uh, they're very much the same thing, very similar. Yeah, that that's really good. And you kind of touched on this um, a little bit in that explanation, but you used a great quote from John MacArthur in the message, and you said that uh, when God looks at the cross, He sees you. But when God looks at you, He sees Jesus. So will you explain a little more about what that means and why it's significant when we're talking about justification and sanctification? Well, I mentioned this in the message. You know, um, Dr. MacArthur, uh, of course, he's, he's got clips all over YouTube, but I had come across this clip, and it's probably been out for, you know, for a long, long time, but he's, he's really talking um, about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Because in, and he's, and he, what he's, he's saying is, is that if you, wanted to, if you wanted to encapsulate the gospel in one verse, this would be it. And that verse says, God made him, Jesus, who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him, Jesus, we would become the righteousness of God. And he goes on to talk about the very, you know, the, the realities of that. That is that as Christ was on the cross... He was sinless, pure, and undefiled. He had never committed a sin and, ne and, and never would. Yet he was, it was like God put not just my sin, but all of the sin of the world, the, of mankind, on him as if he had sinned, and yet he had never sinned. And, and so when he, he died, then that, you know, then that, that transaction again, his death, him, him taking the sin, my sin, the sin of mankind on himself, so that then I would become righteous. It's like, it's like, in in a way that only God could. He made it where like Christ lived my life and I I live Christ's life, which is, you know, it, you know, is obviously not true. But that's the, that's that's the beauty of the gift. That's the, you know, that's the incredible good news and gospel message that, that I'm made holy because of what Christ did on the cross. So he goes on to say then that, you know, when, when, when God looks at, at the cross, 
he sees you, but it, you know, because Jesus took my sin on, on, on himself, when he looks at me, he sees Jesus, and that is I've been clothed in Christ's righteousness uh, because of what he did and, and by faith me receiving that gift. And so when, when God looks at me, he sees Jesus because you know, he sees righteousness uh, lived out um, because I couldn't do it. And, um, and so that's, that, that's, that's where that phrase comes from. Matter of fact, you can YouTube that. Just YouTube John MacArthur, uh, 1 Corinthians, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and, and it'll pull it up. It's, it's only like a minute and 35, 40-second long clip, but it's powerful. Yeah, that, that sounds uh, incredible. And as you're describing that, um, I'm just picturing, I don't know, I, I probably heard this somewhere in my life, but I'm just picturing, um, you know, us standing um, in filthy rags, hmm. um, as Paul describes our, our good works, is just filthy rags in, in Christ on the other side in pure white robes. Um, but because of what he did on the cross, it's as if, God took those filthy rags off of us and placed them on Christ and then mm. took his white robe and placed it on us. Mm, that's good. Um, and, uh, you know, you hear that referred to sometimes as the beautiful exchange. Right. Um, and, man, what, uh, what a God that he would do that um, to redeem us. Um, so talking about sanctification, you mentioned this earlier that, you know, when, when we work, when we do good works, it's not that we're trying to earn salvation, right? So that's not what sanctification is. And, and Paul talked about it as working out our salvation. Um, so how does that look in our everyday lives? So um, if we're working out our salvation, is that just obeying God's rules? You, you mentioned that salvation is more than just going through the motions of praying the sinner's prayer. Right. Is sanctification more than just obeying the rules? And if so, how is it? How is it different? It it is. Let me let me back up to say this. The the quote, and and I I believe I mentioned that the quote originally was from uh, from Martin Luther, where he said, "We are not justified by a profession of faith, but by a possession of faith." And I think I think in a lot of ways, coming from, you know, I was, I was saved in an evangelical uh, Southern Baptist church. I'm um, so thankful for, you know, growing up in churches where sharing the gospel and reaching people was, was a priority. But I think what I've come to realize as I've gotten older is that sometimes we, uh, you know, people will, will pray a prayer you know they, the, um, you know they'll they'll make a profession of faith they'll, and and they'll pray a prayer, but there's um, there was something missed in that transaction not not by God but by uh, you know either the per- person not fully understanding you know what they were doing, um, you know what, and and I I don't know in in some you know sometimes maybe we push too hard in that, you know, just, you know, trying, we so much want to come to faith. Um, but it, you know, the spirit has to draw them. They have to understand who they are and, and they, you know, um, 
And and so it there, again, I, we see we run across a lot of people, especially in the South, that that have prayed a prayer, but there's you know in their lives they they haven't seen really anything come of that. And I'm not look I you know I didn't say this in the message just you know run out of time I don't it's probably a better place to say it anyway I, I you know I don't make any final judgments on anybody you know I I can't look at anybody and know you know if if they're truly saved in, in, in the same way that somebody could look at me now I, the scripture does talk about you know uh, the fruits of repentance it talks about um, as as I shared you know Paul. And Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And Paul talks, as I shared Sunday, so much about dying to self and, and to the old nature and becoming alive. Um, so there, that's where that kind of statement came from, that it's, the real issue is not so much if you made a profession of faith, but are, do, you, do, you have a, do you possess faith? And I think, you know, and I went on to talk about how, you know, when we're walking in Christ, and and through the disciplines and in community and and these things that the, the spirit of God um, bears witness with our spirit, you know that that's where a lot of that that assurance comes from. And Paul talks about it, and uh, Jesus talked about it in John ten. But I, you know, um, I, I think um, you know to that that I don't know if that that. Um, uh, answers a question. I, I will say the second part of what you were saying there is that for me, th- th- this is the challenge because again, we're, we're coming at it as humans, we're coming at it from a flawed heart, right? So I want to serve God and grow in Him and please Him because when when He changed me, again, I, I, it, again, it wasn't like He remove sin completely from me. Obviously, we talked about that Sunday. But something really changed in me. And what changed in me was this desire to to please Him. And from that, I started to say, well, how does that look? And so it's growing in Christ's likeness. It's growing, you know, uh, as I read in as background text to the, to the Philippians 2, 12 and 13, I read 6 through 11 where... Paul says, have this attitude in yourself. And then he listed all the things that Christ did, you know, in humility, selfless service to others, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, dying to self, you know, it. And so when I look at the life of Christ, I, I want to become more like him, but I don't want to become more like him. And, and this is where and I've done this. So I, I, I want to be clear. Sometimes if you're not careful, you can cross over to where you feel like I owe Jesus something. He paid a debt for me, and so now I want to pay the debt off. That's when, if you're not careful, you can get into legalism and you can get into self-righteousness. I don't, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you, how close to the Lord you grow. I mean, it does matter, but what I'm, what I'm going to say is that it, it, you, you and I are still in desperate need you know, of, of, of the gospel and, and, and of God. Uh, we, we need him for salvation. We need him, for, we need him working in our lives every day. And uh, it doesn't matter if, if I've walked with him for one day or for 40 years. Um, I'm, there's nothing good in me but Christ and him crucified. But my desire, so my desire 
coming out of that, and, and I see it in Scripture. My motivation should be, first and foremost, I love, I love the Lord. My heart is overwhelmed at what He has done for me, and I want to please Him. And so not, not, not to pay Him back, but just to say thank you. And so I, I want to grow in Christ's likeness so that, have this attitude in yourself, as Paul said, so that I can live and love others, as we've talked about other, with, you know, uh, definition of a disciple, and lead others to follow him. You know, I, and I want to do that. Now, again, like I said, sometimes I, I get, you know, I can, there are days sometimes I, I still, because I still live in the presence of sin, where I will try to live in my own wisdom and my own strength. And, and in those days, you know, that, that's when that walk gets laborious, it can get laborious, and, and I can become self-righteous. And I have to quickly repent of that and say, God, I, have, I bring nothing, um, and, I, and I have nothing but, but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Thank you for, for saving me. Thank you for giving me eternal life. Thank you for allowing me to to live the days and the years that you will allow me to live on this earth. And in those days, I want to continue to pursue you. I'm good. And again, I like I said earlier, I, it's not this straight, you know, upward climb. There, you know, the, a lot of it's kind of a. Uh, sometimes it might look like uh, the stock market, you know, uh, graph, but but there is this upward trend that I'm that I desire. And, and I think that, uh, that I, 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 I pursue, but I do so and remind myself not because of anything I don't, you know, in me, I do it because of the power of Christ that lives in me and his desire to sanctify me and grow me. And I do it because I love him and I'm thankful for what he's done. Now, what's interesting. And I read this quote, in the welcome before we continue to worship. Our motivation, this is where it gets tough. Our motivation should be to worship, to serve God, should be just to bring glory to Him. But God, in the way He's designed, designed this, is that he, does, he designs it in such a way is that, is that we are blessed as well. And we talked about you know assurance of salvation. We talked about His presence and, and working in our lives. And uh, again, we're not promised, you know, a life without without suffering, pain, or anything like that. But we are promised that God will walk with us and give us what we need when we need it, and that and that He will never leave us or forsake us. Yeah, wow, that that's really good. And as you are describing that, uh, the thing that I, I hear you saying over and over is um, referencing your heart and your desires and um, your motivations and how those things uh, changed when you really met Christ. And, you know, that, that's my testimony as well, that uh, you talked about the difference in a profession and a possession. You know, when I was five or six years old, I, you know, prayed the sinner's prayer and made a profession of faith. But if I'm being honest, from what I remember of that, um, I was just scared of hell. Um, and I don't know that I really had a change of heart or desire um, again, to your point, I may not have really understood what I was doing. Not to say that there was no value or God wasn't using that, uh, because He certainly was. 
but it wasn't until later in life when I was 16 that, that I really um, knew what it was um, to surrender to Christ um, as Lord and Savior. And I could say that my heart changed, my desires changed, my motivation changed. And like you, you know, haven't been perfect, but certainly desire to, to honor the Lord um, in the way that I live my life. And I think that in that, what I hear you saying is that sanctification is more than just what we do with our hands in obeying God. It is the posture of our heart in a love for God. Um, and those yes. two things are connected. Well, it, it is. And what's interesting is that, you know, when you talk, when you talk about the law or, you, you know, you talk uh, in the Scripture, or you, just, you just talk about the teachings of the Bible in general, <clears throat> and a lot of times the, we use the word law, and because so many people come from legalistic backgrounds, and you know where, um, you know where where church leadership, you know, even takes and writes additional, you know, do's and don'ts. I, I think we, um, you know, we're we're kind of leery, you know, when we hear somebody talk about the law. What, but what's really interesting, though, is I think when, when your motivation, you know, my, when your motivation changes, your desire, your desire is to live out the law, you know, to live out the commandments, to live out the teachings of the Scripture. I mean, yes, you know, we, we believe that, you know, uh, Jesus fulfilled the law. Of course, he said, I didn't come to abandon, you know, or do away with it. I came to fulfill it. And we don't, you know, the... You know, the, there's a lot that, um, you know, the festivals and things of that nature that we don't, we don't recognize. We were like, you know, that Jesus fulfilled those. But we, you know, but to me, my desire is to become Christ-like. And so the teachings of the Scripture help me do that. You know, so I, I want to, it's, it's just a difference between, I, you know, okay, oh, gosh, I have to do this versus, Man, I want to. I want to grow in this. I, I want to become. Uh, you know, I want to live out. You know, of course, the Old Testament law wrapped up in the, you know, the Ten Commandments. But I, I, I want to live out the gospel, and I want to live out, you know, the the teachings um, uh, that that glorify God, um, in His Word. Yeah, we we certainly want to be those people that Jesus referred to where he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments, yeah. Um, as opposed to another group of folks that he referenced that where he said that you honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Right. Um, which is, is also a, an easy trap to fall into. Um, but, but speaking uh, to the relationship between our hearts and our hands, so to speak, what is the relationship when it comes to sanctification? What's the relationship between God working in us through the Holy Spirit to sanctify us and our responsibility to work out our salvation? Yeah, and again, I was I was kind of in a way talking a little bit about this earlier in regards to you know being careful that we don't you know feel like that we we're paying some debt back you know that we get because here's the thing to that I believe I see in my own life and I, you know, first and foremost see in Scripture. And that is, again, there is this this point of justification or positional sanctification, you know, just that the, the when 
our faith is enacted. We, we understand our condition. We understand Christ's gift and the gospel, and we receive it. Um, there's nothing that you and I can do to earn that. Nothing. But what I see in, in, in Scripture from the words of you know, the words of Jesus, the words of Paul, who's the, you know, other than Jesus, the most central character and, and uh, wrote most of the New Testament, and, and then the other authors, is, is calling us up to a, a sanctification, a growing in faith. And what it, what it tells us is that, again, when we, when we come to faith, the power that we have to say no when we need to say no, to say yes when we need to say yes, to grow in Christ's likeness comes from, from God Himself. It's the Spirit of the Lord. I, I said yesterday, it's the, or, or Sunday, it's the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is, is the same Spirit that lives in us. And I think when, we, when you think about that, that's a powerful, <laughs> that's a powerful Spirit. So we have God living inside of us in, in the... Uh, and the Spirit, in enabling us, giving us strength and power to overcome, and which we won't always do, and like, like I said, but but it's, the power is there. So he he has he he has promised and given us he that part that he plays. We don't earn our salvation, but once we have come to faith, there is a part that I just described that God does, and then there is a part that we do, and. We've talked about it. it it's the, the the part we play is this this pursuit to please him, but again, not out of and 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 hear me here, not out of duty, but out of desire. Again, going going back going back to the heart, um, I, I I want to pursue this, and I want to take steps with God's power to begin to transform me, and I want to and I and I want to do that. Not because he'll bless me, or not because he'll punish me if I don't. Um, you know, and and honestly, the scripture talks about you know discipline, just like we would discipline our children. You know, it's it's in there. Um, you know, there's there's passages to deal with when we're, you know, uh, you know when we're, when we're walking in in defiant disobedience, things of that nature. Um, but but again. Really, the call for us is to understand there's, there's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. But once we receive it, there's a part that we play by unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit that has, that has come to live inside of us. That, that's that baptism of the Spirit upon salvation. And, and we unleash it as we grow in Christ's likeness through His Word, through prayer, through com- biblical community. And, and those things, you know, those are the key key pieces to that and um and i'm even learning of late not 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 to chase anything here but just but solitude you know again i you know there's a lot that you know out there that that can be helpful in regards to the disciplines you know and understanding and getting help you know we do d groups here and there's other things that we do uh of course life groups big you know big community piece but there's just, and that's why, you know, people wonder, well, you know, if, if they do wonder, you know, why do y'all do these things that y'all do on Wednesday nights? And why do you have life groups? And why do you have D groups and all this? Because we're providing avenues and ways for you to step in and 
you know, do and, and work as, as God is working uh, alongside you. Yeah, that, that's really good. Definitely lots of opportunities to continue to grow in our faith. But to wrap up our time together, I think the, the profound thing, most profound thing I heard you say in there that, uh, yes, we have a responsibility when it comes to sanctification, but it is not through our own power. Correct. Um, and so I, I see that as a daily surrender um, to the Holy Spirit, you know, um, that, that whole concept of I have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but it's Christ that lives within me. And, and Keith, if I could just say this real quick, that's so good, because if, if you are not recognizing and unleashing that power uh, of Christ in you through the, through the Spirit, then what happens is that that's where you, you, you just burn out because you're you're doing all of that and you're you're attempting to do all of what we're describing here in your own strength. Well, my prayer and hope uh, for both of us and all of our listeners is that God will give us the grace to daily walk in the power of the Holy Spirit as we become uh, better disciples who make more disciples for the glory of God. Rob, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure and can't wait till the next time. Thank you, Keith. Thank you for listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a ministry of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. To learn more, join us on our website, crossgate.org.